0: Welcome to the Cork Church podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Oh, good morning. Oh, that's good and healthy. Good to see you all. I can. Just echo what Pastor Nick said there. It's great to see bodies here. We've been preaching to empty chairs for so long and uh, coming in. It's so good to have the family back together. And uh, it's like a big family reunion now. We can have it every week, you know? So thank the Lord for that. If you're new here, we just welcome you in. I see some new faces. You're very welcome if you're new. If you're wondering what all this is about, Uh, and you think we're crazy, we may be a little bit crazy, but we're just crazy for Jesus. God's touched our lives, and he's brought a freedom in, and for a lot of us, it it was uh, healing and deliverance and all those wonderful things. So we do get a bit excited. We sing a little bit louder, and we get animated, but it's all because of what Jesus has done. And there's an invitation to you, as Pastor Nick was sharing there, there's an invitation, an open invitation, to all those who are thirsty all those who need rest, all those who need a touch from God, it's here for you. It's here. It's all in the name of Jesus. You can call out to Him right where you are. Uh, you don't need the great day, the days of going to a mediator, going to a man uh, to pray to God for you are over. The Bible says there's only one now. His name is Jesus Christ. And you can go directly to Him. And He's here for you today. And uh, I just welcome you in. It's so good to be here. It's good to see. Thanks, Nick, for the for the shout out to Feed Cork. We're actually in our fourth year. We just finished four years. It went very fast, doesn't seem like it. And uh, this past couple of weeks, I don't know if everybody's seen our lovely Geraldine uh, McCabe. She is all over the country now. You're up in every county. Her picture from Feed Cork, we couldn't pay for that, guys. We couldn't do that. It was only a God thing. And. Uh, She's, she's all over. She's a star here. God bless you. Good to see you. It's good to be in the house. Uh, I want to get into the Word this morning. God's put something on my heart. Uh, he has been doing a work. Pastor Nick is right. It's been a work. It's been a long coming work, probably due to my own frustrations, my own, you know, things that I deal with and, and frustrating somehow, sometimes the grace of God and putting off things and dealing with things uh, but god has been doing a work in my heart and, and i'm so happy to share that with you it's it's been transformative it's been something that that i feel like has been accumulated over about 20 years of of difficulty and testings and different things and you know and there comes a time when the lord you know it's like the the psalm says psalm 126 when the lord turned our captivity uh, to turn the captivity of Zion. We were like those who dreamt. There's, there's a win in your life. You know what I mean? There's a win when God brings you out, when God shuts a door and closes an era uh, and brings you into, like David said, a large place. And I'm so thankful because I do feel in some ways God has done something in my heart that only he could do. Uh, me trying and, and, and trying to piece things together I know it was a work of the Holy Spirit, so I'm here to testify that God is fantastic. He's wonderful. He's faithful to His Word. And uh, when you continue to trust Him and just continue to walk with Him, He has got wonderful things in store for you. So today we're going to continue to talk and pick up where I shared on Wednesday. Somebody asked me to share part two. I didn't get fully through that message. But God has just been, this just has been tipping over in my heart over and over again. It's just a, something that God has done. And I want to continue uh, talking about uh, the joy and peace and trusting in God's timeline for our lives. Because this is so, it's quintessential. It's important as believers that we find rest in God's plan. It's so, so important. Uh, this, this truth is is so wonderful about God's sovereign plan for you uh, that it, it is one of the bedrocks of our faith. It's one of the, one of the things that becomes as part of our core belief as Christians uh, that we are children of a sovereign king, right? We are children of a God who is not out of control but very much in control, right? And that God has plans and God orders and directs us and causes us to, to through his own leading, even with our free will, he's able to lead, guide, and direct us, even in our mistakes, even in, in what we think uh, could be something so cat- catastrophic. God is able to work that somehow. I don't understand it. Only God knows. It's like, you know, it's like dealing with this master chess, uh, chess master that is just the grand master of the universe. He can take all of our moves, preempt them, and work them to where he is glorified. And it's only God that can do that. So we, we are children of, a, of an omnipotent, omniscient father who knows exactly where he wants us, when he wants us there, and he's well able to get us there. Amen. So this is a bedrock of our faith. This is something that is, that is foundational to our teaching and our preaching. And there's, there's a peace and a rest that we can find in this truth as God brings it into view, as God r- resurfaces that. Because sometimes you may be hearing that, well, I know this. I know this. Well, why aren't you living like it? If you know it. Right? Because I, I, I would be the same way. I'm not, I, I don't mean that condemning. I don't mean that in a way to be contrary. But we can say we know certain things, but our life contradicts it. You know what I mean? And you could, have, you could have talked to me ten years ago, five years ago. God's got a plan for your life. Oh, I know that. And there were people that I talked to, I know that. But I really wasn't believing it. I really wasn't walking in the joy of that. And there's a difference in walking in the joy of a revelation and a truth than just knowing it up here. God wants to integrate it into your everyday living. God wants you to see the big picture in your life that he is the one that is the master. He is the one that is the king. And he wants you to see the big picture so you can enjoy the snapshots in life. So that you can enjoy those places in your life that you are just these stopping points along the way to let you know that those are stopping points. Those are places that he has ordained for you to pass through and you will make it through. So there is a, there is a joy when you come into that understanding that, there, <clears throat> that God has everything, and this has a wonderful plan for you. And this brings an assurance when, that, that comes into our life. Uh, there's an assurance that comes in when we move away from doubting and into faith and knowledge that God is in control of our lives. Some of you are, are, are living in this fear about your future and about your life. And you're, you're, you know, you're just like one step away from an understanding that God's got you. But you're living in all of this fear and, 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 and worry. And, and it, there's no peace, you know. But, but there's such a peace and an assurance that comes when we, we rest in that knowledge that God is in control. That we're not left to chance, good luck, bad luck, fate. Our, our, our future is not dictated by our personal failures or by our hurts and our disappointments. Those don't define us. That it's God that defines us. It's God that directs us. It's God that plans our lives. And it's God that sustains our lives. We are here by the grace of God. God has the last say in your life. Do you know that? God has the last say. When you're a Christian, God has the last say in your life. And the sooner we resign ourselves to trusting Him and and living in this reality, the sooner we can know peace, peace, the sooner we can experience joy. Because when we lose sight of that reality, we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night, we, we lose our joy, we lose our peace, and our faith gets banged up and bruised up, and we wind up limping through life. We wind up limping through our Christian experience when God has something so wonderful for us to experience the peace and the rest of knowing that He is in control of our lives. It can be ours. It is ours by inheritance. And this last Wednesday, we talked about the misery and the hardship that comes when we're trying to work out our own plan. How many of you are tired of your own plans? Raise your hand. I'm tired of my own plans. You know, there's, there's a weariness that comes into your soul when you try over and over and over and over again. And, and your plans keep failing. It never gets you to the destination that you want to come to. Because you're walking in your own strength. You're living on your own timeline. And it's like hitting your head against a concrete wall or barrier. You can't move forward. And it's like a we talked about a spiritual cul-de-sac that we can get caught in. And, and so many people get blown off course in their faith because things come and they take their eye off of the captain. They take their eye off of God and his sovereignty and their, their plan. And they take the reins of their own lives into their own heads and they begin to maneuver. They begin to, to direct their own lives and they feel like everything is up to them. If there's to, be any, if there's to be any peace, if there's to be any security in this world, well it's all up to me to do it. God has left me here like deists believe that God has wound up my life like a clock and said, there you go, take your life and make of it what you want, I'm stepping back. That is not the God of the Bible. The, Bible, the God of the Bible is one who is intimately acquainted with us, intimately walking with us every day. We have been given to Pericletes, the Holy Spirit, to live inside of us every day of our lives. His hands shape us every day. Amen? Whether you feel it or whether you don't, it doesn't matter. This isn't about feeling. This isn't about what you experience. The reality is a child of God. God's hands are on your life. Say that with me. God's hands are on my life. Yes, say it in faith because it's the truth. We spoke about coming out of, out of that way of thinking, of, of, of trying to do it in a, and, and take the reins of our own heart and really hearing what the Spirit is saying uh, to us about trusting Him with all of our tomorrows. Some of you need to trust God with all of your tomorrows. You're worrying about the days ahead. You're living so much in the future you can't enjoy today. You're worrying and you're fretting about where's my retirement going to come from? What is my health going to be like? Am I going to be alone? Am I going to be this? Am I going to be that? You need to trust God with all of your tomorrows. He's big enough, He's great enough. And He's got a wonderful plan for every believer, every child of God. He's got a plan for your life. And if you're off course, if, if difficulty has blown your faith off course and away from trusting the Lord, God wants to redirect it back by the Holy Spirit. He wants to usher your faith back into trusting God unreservedly. Unreservedly for your future. And we talked about how to, in order to experience the joy of walking in peace on God's timeline, there were some errors. But we talked about how that that there's some obstacles that we need to deal with. Some of us are rushing through life and we're we're moving too fast. And God says, you have to stop. You're you're, you're not giving God room in your life. Rinse, you know, wife. And the Holy Spirit at those times has to keep running too hard. You need to stop and you need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This culture is driving us towards nowhere. It's pushing us into the abyss of worry and fear and we wind up with nothing to show for it at the end of the day. Amen? Why not give God a chance and trust Him? Why not begin to let God into your life in a way where life can become exciting? You can actually begin to experience joy in your day. You can begin to experience hope about your future. If you push that stop button and that pause button and begin to hear, you know, that was the, 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 the word of Christ to the church in Revelation. Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. You've got to have an ear. You've got to be intentional. You've got to listen. You've got to listen for that. And finally, we talked about, you know, getting caught in the past experiences, whether they're good or bad You can get caught in the past and be living in the past, whether it's hurt or resentments or even good things in order. And those things can rob us of what God has for us now and in the future. You know, some of you need to, you need to write off the past. It just needs to be a write off. You need to stop rehearsing what so-and-so did to you or what has happened in your life. You need to let Jesus shut that door. Amen. You need to ask the Lord, Lord, shut that door where I can't even open it anymore. Touch me in a way where those feelings and those emotions don't come up like they do and and dysregulate me and get me into bother and fear. God, shut the door. You've got the keys to my life. Shut this door on what that spouse did to me. Shut the door on what that boss did to me. Shut the door on what this person did in my life. Shut the door so I can move forward into the future with hope. And that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Today I just want to to look at three scriptures, and this is the title of the message. So for the next maybe 25, 30 minutes, I want to talk to you. What I I feel is a word for all of us, all right? It's not just a word for me. I think this is every Christian here. If you're a child of God and you're here and you're breathing, and I hope you are breathing, right? I hope you're alive. I hope you're out there listening. If, If you've got ears to hear, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you, I believe. It's time to rejoice. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. God wants to bring you into a time of rejoicing in His leading, in His plan, in His purposes for your life. Now, some of you are sitting here and you say, well, I, you know, I, I've not really had joy about anything because I, I've really... I've just been going through it. I've just, I've been distracted by trials. I've been distracted by this thing or that thing or what this was done or that was done. But the Lord is speaking to you this morning. If you can hear this word, he wants to usher you into a time of rejoicing. A time where your heart is renewed and joy comes in the morning. And you start to see those things that happened in your past through a different light. You start to see them through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Your disappointments, your failures, your victories, everywhere you've been, you start to see God's hand in those things. It's time to rejoice. Your steps are ordered to the Lord. We're going to look at three passages of Scripture, Psalm 31, 14, and 15. Turn there with me if you want to. Then we're going to jump to Psalm 37, 23, and 24, and we're going to end up in Ephesians two 10. I'm going to read it if you don't have your Bible. This is what David said. But I trusted in you, O Lord. I said, you are my God. Psalm 31, 15. Here we go. The first part of that verse. My times are in your hand. The New Living Translation says this. My future is in your hands. Everyone say that with me today. My future is in his hands. Now say it with conviction. My future is in his hands. Hallelujah. Your future is in God's hands. That's what David said. My life is in your hands. Psalm 37, 23. I love this verse of Scripture. It holds a a great value to me. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Everybody say that with me. My steps are ordered of the Lord. Hallelujah. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. Listen to verse 24. Though he fall, though he fell, He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hands. And listen to what the NLT says The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Wow! God delights in every detail of your life. God delights in the details of your life, not just mine, because I'm a minister. Sometimes we think that. Every child of God, God delights in the details of your life. A loving father who loves to see his children fulfill their purpose and his plan for them. And this is what it says. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's poema. We are God's masterpiece. We are God's poem. That's what it says in the Greek. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. How many of you know that God has good things in store for you that He's planned long ago? That's the truth. Irregardless of how you got here, irregardless of what your past has been like, the Bible says here through the Holy Spirit that God has planned something for you long ago. Now, when I was 18 years old, I had to leave my hometown. I had been... Born again when I was 17, and uh, it was a very difficult place to live, a small town. It was a place where dreams died and hopes withered. It was a place where there was a lot of poverty. We had the highest teenage pregnancy. uh, You know, it was like a pandemic in our county. It was so poor in the rate in the country. The highest teenage pregnancy rate in the country Used to get on the school bus and to keep young girls in school They would allow them to bring their babies to school with them. So the first five rows were dedicated to, with car seats and babies, going to school. And they had a nursery there just to keep the kids in school. It was very hopeless. It was very divided. There was a lot of racism there. I went through two or three different race riots in our school. Very divided where I lived. Uh, um, And it was home to, to everything that was familiar and everything that held me back as a Christian. Now, I had come to Christ, but I found myself living in a cesspool of just negativity. You know that feeling. You know what I'm talking about when you come and you're, you're, you're new to the faith. And those old patterns of behaviors begin to resurface because of familiarity. So when I was 18, the day after I graduated high school, I moved to South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. And it became a very important place in my life. I had family there, and it was there that God directed me. He actually ushered me into a wonderful fellowship of believers. Uh, I eventually went back to pastor this church uh, and lead it for a short time. And and at the time, I didn't really fully appreciate it, being young. I was only 18. But God put me with one of the most godly, loving uh, men of God that I've ever met. His name was Bill Stiles, and I honor him today. Marie, if you're watching God bless you, I love you, and I thank you so much. Uh, this couple, particularly this individual, this, this man, uh, was one of the most important people in my life. I grew up without a father in my life. All I knew was brokenness and pain when it came to father figures. But God, the Holy Spirit, ushered me. He led me. I didn't know, I didn't have a clue where I was going. I was just stepped out. I got. Like, God, I know anywhere but here. And I've got family there, so I'm going there. But it was the hand of God. It was God leading me. And it wasn't long that God led me right into this fellowship uh, with, a, with a godly man. He had three daughters and no sons. I had three sisters and no father. So God led me in. And we, we just became, we hit it off. There was an instant connection. And, and God put me in a family. God put me in a family. And the, the Lord says that I will take the fatherless and I'll put them in a family. And this is, why, this is why it's so important for you to come to church. Because this is your family if you're a child of God. And God's got fathers in the house. God's got mothers in the house. He's got brothers and sisters. And everything you need is provided for in the church. God has it there. Now, we may be broken and we may not be perfect. But the grace of God is with us. Amen? And for six years I had the privilege to serve alongside of this man in ministry. Wherever he went, I went. I literally was almost in his back pocket I, in the, to the foreign mission field, to the hospitals, to Bible studies way up in the mountains in South Carolina. Uh, you know, we were at gravesides and weddings and funerals, and we, we did it all. He just took me every, He just adopted me, and I was just like, it was like Paul and Timothy. Everywhere he went, I went. And, uh, and, and this man was the only father that I've ever known, really. And I'll never forget how the, how we could just sit for hours and just talk about the Lord, just hours. And, and we would just be crying in the car his wife would go in, Marie would go in and, and be getting supper and we'd be left out in the car and we'd just be weeping. We be just talking about the coming of the Lord. We talking about the mission field and God's plan. And he just inspired me. He just lived in that place of inspiration and he just, he invited me into his home. And, and that was just such a, a wonderful opportunity That God had led me into. I was always welcome. I was always invited wherever he was. He adopted me. And I watched him. And I learned more from watching them than I did actually from just listening to him. If you know what I mean. I watched his life. I'd stay over at their house. I'd help them with things. We did maintenance. We did everything together. But I watched this man in his private life, in his public ministry. And I can tell you, he was a man of no guile. He was a man that lived fully for the things of God. And, he, and watching him inspired me to want to live that same way, if you know what I mean. I was very, very fortunate. Uh, and the reason I bring this up, because this verse that we just read here about rejoice for the steps, or sorry, the, the steps of a righteous man are or ordered to the Lord. This is one of his favorite verses, and it meant so much to him. And I understand now, in this point of my life, maybe I didn't understand then, but I understand now. There was a song we used to sing, and it was one of his favorites, and it was taken directly from Psalm 37. Some of you old Pentecostals would know exactly the song I'm talking about. But it went like this, Rejoice for the sins. Of a righteous man they are ordered of God. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps. Of a righteous man, they are ordered of God. In the time of trouble, God will uphold you. God will preserve you. God will sustain you. In the time of trouble, God will lift you up. So rejoice for your steps are ordered of God. How many of you know that song? We used to sing it. He used to sing it, and uh, this is one of his favorite songs. And when that song started playing, you know things were going to get lively because this man was passionate about God. He wasn't dramatic for drama's sake, but they, he had a passion. And he would get animated, and he would start singing it, and he would start stepping across the platform as he sang it with his eyes closed. And he would sing that song, Rejoice for the steps. And he could just see himself walking a pathway with God. And the, his face would shine and it would speak to I would be out there watching him and I, I'd just get the biggest kick out of this guy. And he would just be, you know, walk across halfway across the platform with his eyes closed. But to him, God was taking him somewhere. There were tears flowing down his face as he stepped and as he walked and he was, he was singing with all of his heart. And some of you, if you're watching this from those old church services, you remember Pastor Styles. I used to sing it. And, and I appreciated that song, but not like that, right? I didn't appreciate it as much. But I met this man when he was in his mid-50s and he had lived a bit. He had gone into ministry very young, reared his family, pioneered, went to Bible school, And and what I was looking at as a young man was a man looking back over his walk. I didn't realize it, but now I understand it. And remembering how God had ushered him from the hills of North Carolina in poverty into a life that was blessed by God's word, by God's provision, and brought him out of a place of, of much like what I had come from, out of abject poverty, out of ignorance, out of darkness. And God had delivered him out of that and really used him especially on the Four mission field, what an evangelist this man was. And when he's saying that, he was looking back over the hills. You know what I mean? So to him, he wasn't on a platform. He wasn't even a pastor. He was talking about the faithfulness of God that had ordered his life. From when he was a child, sick and dying, and when God raised him up when he was a, a little boy dying in that, that, that small house in the hills of North Carolina, and God had raised him up and took him to Bible school and led him all of his life with his family. So he wasn't there at all. He was transported into the faithfulness of God, and it brought a rejoicing into his heart. When he began to think about how God had ordered his steps. Hallelujah. (laughs) He was looking back over the hills and the close calls, over the hardships and over the battles, over the failures, but also over the faithfulness of the keeping hand of God. And it brought a rejoicing into his heart. It brought a, a faith into his heart. And, and, and with him, it meant something. When he saw that and he read it in the Word, it meant something to him. It, 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 was, a, it was a truth about his life, but it was also a promise for his future. And, and I was facing into life, and here was a man that had learned to rejoice in God's plan. He had learned to rejoice in the highs and in the lows, in the difficulties, and the setbacks, in the malignings, in the difficulty of ministry, in people leaving him and betraying him and all of the ups and downs. But he had found a joy in rejoicing that God had ordered his steps. That God had a plan for his life. And he would recount to me over and over where God had brought him from and all that God had done for him. And let me tell you something, it inspired me. He didn't talk much about the problems. He didn't talk much about the difficulties. He would inspire me as a young man. We'd sit together and he would just talk about God's faithfulness. He would just talk about how God raised him up. He would just talk about how God blessed his family. And it inspired me, it instilled something in me that to this day when I think about it, I I draw from it as an example. And this is why Paul says to the believers in, in, in the church, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow my example, follow my lead. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Find that place of trust, find that place of rest. But this man inspired me to realize that God had a plan for my life too. And that was the beauty of it all because it wasn't just about him like God was speaking to me. When I was watching him, he was like, I can do the same for you. I'll be faithful to you. The same way I've, I've ordered his steps, I'm going to order your steps. And faith rose in my heart. I was like, yes, you've been faithful to him. And now you're promising to be faithful to me. And his rejoicing became my rejoicing because I began to adapt to that and the understanding that God was for me. And he had a plan for my life and it was wonderful because God had ushered me into his kingdom and he had led me by his grace to where I was at and it inspired me to want to live fully for God. And brothers and sisters, I don't know what way you came here today, but I can tell you this, you were ushered here by the Holy Spirit. Amen. You were ushered into this auditorium by an unseen hand. You may not think it, you may have come kicking and screaming, you may have come with your doubts, but that's okay. God ushered you in. God has a plan for your life. You didn't get to where you are here alone and on your own merit and in your own ingenuity. Just like when you come into court church, you meet an usher at the door. And they take you along and they point you to a seat. They, they usher you down the aisle and they welcome you. The Holy Spirit, if you're a child of God, has taken you by the hand as you've become a child of God. And He has taken you and led you where you need to go. Isn't that wonderful? God has ushered you here. Some of our brothers and sisters here from foreign countries, God has ushered you here to Ireland. God has brought you out of darkness. God has brought you out of poverty. God has brought you out of whatever you came out of. And he's ushered you into a place of blessing. How many of you can say amen to that today? That you're better off now than you've ever been. Hallelujah. God has led you. God has been faithful to you. And this is why David could write this here. He's looking back after the fact, after the pain, after the hurt, after the turmoil. And this is what he says. My steps have been ushered. They have been ordered. He recognized something of the hand of God in his life. And this is something that God wants to speak to you to produce joy in your heart. He wants you to recognize the hand of God in your life. Those times, like Pastor Nick said, where you probably shouldn't be here. You were spared. Those times where it was a close call. Those times where you were sick and God raised you up. Those times where you failed and God covered it and He brought you out. But this is what David was saying. My steps have been ushered. They have been ordered. When I was rejected by my brothers and left me out to pasture, the Holy Spirit was ushering me there. When I was alone and no one knew me in solitude, the Holy Spirit ushered me there. When I walked onto the battlefield and faced down a giant, I was ushered there by the Holy Spirit. I didn't bring myself there. I was just there going about my father's business and the Holy Spirit quickened me. And I found myself staring down a giant, but it was the hand of God ushering me into that valley. It was the hand of God that brought the victory. It was the ushering of the Holy Spirit into my future, into the plans that God has for me. When things went pear-shaped and Saul came after me for 13 years, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, I'm just ushering you into your kingdom. Hold tight, David. I'm just ushering you through this. It's not always going to be this way. I'm taking you to a throne. I'm taking you to a destination. Hold tight. Trust me. Be with me. I'm ushering you into something that's greater than you can ever imagine. Through the wilderness, through those hungry times, through those lonely times, through the battles. God says, I'm bringing you somewhere. Through your failures, through your disappointments, the times you've missed it, the times you've messed up and others have been hurt because of your mistakes. I'm ushering you through it all. And this is why David could write here. This is why he could look back and offer us some consolation. Just like Pastor Stiles used to encourage me with all those stories of God's deliverance. It's going to be okay. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. Hallelujah. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. I think about Pastor John Ramos over here all the way from Brazil. God ushered him here. God ushered him here, sent a man ahead because he knew there was going to be an influx of Portuguese speakers that needed to hear the gospel. God ushered you in here. I think I could look around here and I see people in here that, that when they first came in, they were down, they were downcast, they were hurt. They didn't even know why they came in, but the Holy Spirit ushered them through the door and now they're lifting their hands in the house of God and they've got a testimony because God brought them out of darkness. God ushered them in. And this is why Joseph could look back. And this is what we need to learn to say. This is why Joseph could look back with his brothers. After God brought him through and he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God was ushering me somewhere. God was taking me somewhere. He was bringing me to a place. He was was drawing me somewhere. I couldn't see it at the time. Man, I thought you were a, a sorry lot of brothers. You were awful to me. You tried to murder me. I thought you were the worst people to, all scouring the earth. But what you meant for evil, God had a plan in it. God had ordered my steps. When my father came to me and said, Joseph, go and check on your brothers, that was the Holy Spirit ushering me to where I needed to be. When your brothers, when my brothers were beating me, The Holy Spirit was ushering me. When I was in a pit with no water, the Holy Spirit was leading me. When you were sold as a slave, God was ushering him into freedom. And sometimes God's ushering looks like limitations, folks. Sometimes God's ushering does not look like the best plan for our lives, I have to admit. It looks like the opposite. Oftentimes, that's the way that it is. Forget what you hear on television. Forget all that stuff. You know, there's, there's, there are shortcuts that people would put out there for believers, and they just say this and do that, and God's got... No, for, for the child of God, our pathway is through the waters. Our pathway is through difficulty. Our pathway is through suffering. And sometimes it does not look like the plan is going according to the plan. Amen? It looks like God's saying you're going that way, but you're actually going that way a hundred miles. It's like, God, I thought I was going that way. Just let me work it out. Just let me do this. When you were a slave alone in Egypt, falsely accused, I was ushering you, Joseph. I was the one that put you in that jail cell. I was the one that allowed all those lonely nights torn from your family living in an Egyptian prison. Joseph, it was me that sent those servants of the king into that prison cell. It was me that brought you out. I was ushering you from obscurity to where I wanted you to be. No one saw it, Joseph. Your family doubted it, Joseph. That's okay. I've ordered your steps. So we're encouraged today. As I get ready to close here, we're encouraged. I just want to encourage you today. That's all I feel. I feel from the Holy Spirit. This COVID thing, Christians have been freaking out. They've been talking about this, and I'm not down in the church. I love God's people. But we can sometimes be the most fearful people. We can rail at the government. We can rail at this and Satan and talk about conspiracies. Folks, there comes a time when you got to lay that down and you got to start believing that God is in control. Amen? And to the last day saints, that has got to be a revelation that he that sits on the throne is still on the throne. And we've got to resonate, resign our hearts to the reality that our God is seated above the flood. He is seated above everything that comes against us through the fire, through the flood, through the fury, through the war of the enemy. God is in control. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't sit back and don't... God wants you to rejoice in this and find a peace And no matter what you're going through, God has your back. He's got a plan through it all. God is bringing us somewhere to a divine destination, to a place through a plan. And the early church, when you read about that early church, this is a bedrock of their Faith. You you just read the sermons that they preach. You listen to Peter and Stephen and Paul. This overarching reality was was something that gripped them. It didn't matter who sat in a palace in Rome. It didn't matter how many soldiers they sent after them and how many lives that were fed to the, the lions and died on crosses. It didn't matter. God was in control of their lives. And there was no one that could usurp God's authority. You see, this is why God wants to instill in you and I, this trust. All my tomorrows are in his hands. Hallelujah. All my, all my yesterdays are washed away in forgiveness and goodness and mercy. But all my tomorrows are in his hands. All, my, there's joy in that. There's joy in knowing that God is for us. There's joy in knowing that there's a future. No matter how bad I've messed it up, no matter how many mistakes I've made, God can work that somehow into His plan and turn it for His glory. He's the only one that can do that. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit this morning, as I'm I'm just going to close here, I, I, I just want to... I just want to encourage you. Some of you need encouragement. We all need encouragement at times. I just want to encourage you and bring you into a rejoicing this morning so that you could sing with confidence, so that you can shout with confidence. I know God's got a plan for me. I know that my steps are ordered of the Lord. I know he's gonna make a way for me. My times are in his hands. And God is working that into your heart, a full resignation. A full resignation to his will. To where you can say, like Paul, no matter what happens, what difficulty I face, the ups, the downs, this is my anchor. That God is working all things after according to his will that all things are working for good. In all things that God is working in your life for good, saint of God, He is redeeming those ugly things. He is redeeming those bad things. He is turning it around and He is going to bring you out into a large place to where you can rejoice and look back like Pastor Styles, like David, like Joseph, like, thank God I've been able to do over the past few months, look back and see, God, you've been carrying me. You've been walking with me. You've been You've been directing me. You've been ushering me all this time into your plan and into your will. I'm going to trust you I'm going to rejoice in you because I don't have to worry about the, fu- the future I give it over to you I give you glory Lord I lift my hands I take my hands off the wheel and let that country music song. Jesus take the wheel guide me lead me I'm yours Lord I'm going to resign myself to this that can be yours that is ours that you can have that trust and confidence this morning as we call out on Him, as you believe Him today. I want to encourage you. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. Let's stand together, because I I feel like it's a time to just rejoice in it right now. We're going to close for the next five minutes. We're going to trust the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to to take some time just right now before Pastor Stephen leads us in a song. And I want you to do what my pastor did, my father, hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes and look back. Remember the times God met you when you didn't have money in your bank account. Remember the times that God touched you when you didn't have hope for tomorrow. Remember the times that God brought you out of that pit of despair and depression and gave you joy. Hallelujah. And ushered you into into praise and ushered you into His glory. Remember this morning, saints of God, and let's, let's remember that the hand of God hasn't left us, that we can rejoice that our steps are ordered of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift up. Those here this morning, we, lifted, we lift them up, and I'm asking you, Lord, for a supernatural joy that comes in knowing that you have our times are in your hands, and our, your plans for us are perfect. You're never late. You're never, Lord, you're always just on time. You're always just on time. You know how to deal with us in our frailties. You know how to get us where we need to be according to our personalities, and we rejoice, Lord hallelujah. Our steps are ordered in you. We are until we're not. We're going to resign ourselves this morning to your sovereign hand and to your plan in our lives. And we're going to stop asking why and when. And we're just going to say, Jesus, take the will, take the the plans of my life and give me a rejoicing and trusting in you. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice in the Lord this morning. Pastor Stephen, lead us in a song of worship. Let's rejoice. Come on, folks. Your steps are ordered to the Lord. Hallelujah. It's time to rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.